everyone. Welcome to another episode of CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King, and we've officially hit week four of working remotely. This is a special episode for me. I recently talked with my favorite political science professor, Dr. Jonathan Wharton, associate professor from Southern Connecticut State University, also known as Preppy Prof on Twitter. He was my academic advisor in the political science grad program. It felt good to take a step back and look at this pandemic through a public administration and public policy lens. Intergovernmental collaboration is essential during any sort of crisis. But how does COVID-19 compare? We're putting on our political science nerd hats to discuss how COVID-19 is going to change the way government, businesses, and higher education institutions operate. I hope you enjoy. Well, Professor Wharton, how are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. Great. So in a recent op-ed that you wrote in CT News Junkie, you talked about how intergovernmental um, relations are having problems, uh, especially in addressing COVID-19. You know, governments have dealt with, uh, you know, tragedies and natural disasters since the beginning of time. But how are federal, state, and local governments operating and collaborating as best as they can right now? Well, I think what we're seeing is it's an interesting textbook case example in the tri-state area of how the governors are attempting to address their issues, not just within their states, but even between their states. So you see this similar dynamic playing out between Connecticut, uh, New York, and New Jersey. And I think it's, it's quite interesting to, to recognize how they're trying to coordinate their efforts um, with or without the federal government, with or without the local government. And so I think the response is that the states have been the ones who have stepped up. Uh, they're correlating their efforts between each other. Um, and so that that is, is quite unique, uh, and not just because of the pandemic, um, but just the realities of the fact that uh, you know, state governments have to find moments of where they can work and operate together. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly noticed um, with certain uh, businesses being shut down um, or other uh, regional efforts, I, you know, the states, Connecticut um, and New York especially, have been in pretty close coordination with their responses. Um, yes. So what what has been the difference between you know, especially now with these government programs, um, the Employee Paycheck Protection Program, the CARE, which is a part of the CARES Act. Um, you know, how how are the states and, you know, the local municipalities, how are they going to uh, deal with this flow down of, uh, it's going to be a massive, massive amount of resources coming down from the federal government. How are they going to, uh, you know, share and allocate those resources? Well, that's something I've been trying to follow from afar, um, particularly as it relates to something like public transit. I'm kind of interested in seeing how they deal with the infrastructure problems. Um, and certainly since ridership has been down, as you know, um, as it relates to, um, you know, airports and certainly to trains um, and, and subways and that kind of thing in the area. So I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how much is that federal aid going to help to alleviate those problems? And what does this mean also uh, in an effort to deal with the fact that so much of our economy is reliant on, on public transit and, and getting around just in the area, but particularly in um, southern and, and, and south central Connecticut, we're very reliant on these transportation systems. And that is a big backbone of our economy, um, particularly you know in the region down here in the, in the shoreline area. So I think that it'll be interesting to see what kind of formula uh, 
that the MTA, for example, might come up with in terms of dealing with this, and also the airports. And um, of course, Bradley, but I'm even thinking about LaGuardia and, and just the Port Authority airports like Newark, LaGuardia, and JFK. I think that you know it's going to be an interesting study to, to examine how these states have worked with each other, but also dealt with some of this aid that's going to be coming from the federal government. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe shifting towards not so much Congress, because Congress has mostly been in the Capitol working to um, get these programs uh, created and uh, passed, um, but maybe looking at the General Assembly and other um, you know, city councils and things like that, how, yes. have, how have they been navigating working remotely? That's something that actually I, I've been in, 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 the, in the midst of because I have a few graduate students where we're doing comparative studies of different town hall meetings and, and how they deal with the budgeting. And we're, we're finding it pretty difficult now to, rec- to see that you know some of the cities and towns we were initially going to do in our study are either doing it online or they're not. And maybe they change the scheduling around or it's a matter of getting access to going to the meetings. So we're trying to deal with that right now, as a matter of fact, as a study. And so it's interesting to see how quickly some towns have done it, other towns have not. And they're still trying to find pathways of what can we do to get public involvement, um, but also find ways of communicating um, what what are the issues, how can um, uh, voters or residents at least be uh, directly engaged in that process in a meeting or in a forum. And I think access is going to be key. I mean, we're assuming that everybody's got access to the internet and has the technology to be a part of something like a public forum in these instances, especially during budgetary season right now, because obviously it's springtime and this is when local budgets and the state budgets are deciding uh, a lot of these issues. And yet, how do you find pathways of, of getting as many people involved as possible in, in, the, in the legislative but also budgetary process? I think that's going to be a significant challenge that we're facing right now this spring. And I think some towns are going to do it differently than others and probably do a better job from one town to the next. And so I think you're going to see these variations between all these municipalities at the local level. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you actually had another um, op-ed recently, also in Connecticut News Junkie, about how COVID-19 is going to change how higher ed operates uh, remotely. Yes. Um, so how do you see this uh, pandemic changing the way higher ed businesses and governments, like we discussed before, how they operate from here on out? You know, we keep hearing this is the new normal. Um, this is the way things are going to be uh, working, especially for the foreseeable future. But even into, um, you know, once this pandemic kind of slows down, how is this going to change the way these uh sometimes um, legacy in, <laughs> legacy institutions, how they operate? Well, I, you know, I, I think that it, it's an interesting challenge, if not a, a reality check, that we need to find um, ways that work to connect and relate education beyond just the traditional student and beyond just the models of being in a classroom. Um, and I think that this is a reminder that, you know, higher ed, particularly public universities, uh, need to be uh, more holistic in their approaches of, of making the delivery uh, possible for students who may be older, um, may have to do uh, classes or assignments remotely. And so it, it's been quite a challenge. I can at least speak maybe more anecdotally that even for some of my students, they're, they're seeing that, well, there's some benefits, but at the same time, there's some limitations to dealing with online education. So I think for my students, even for myself, and I've spoken to some of my colleagues 
we're, we're recognizing this and seeing this, but the Connecticut public university system, they, they've known this all along. It's just a matter of now it really has to be fast tracked this semester. And certainly a serious consideration since we know the numbers are going to be dwindling in the next 10 years as expected for student enrollment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so another question I had, um, what policy choices uh, is Connecticut going to have to make to recover from this? Um, you know, there is, there is a, yeah, there is a federal stimulus package. Um, you know, there's a determination of what's going to happen at the state level. Obviously, um, the legislature is on pause right now. Uh, from what I've read, it doesn't seem like they're going to come back to be able to, uh, pass much legislation, only the essentials. Um, so what policy choices, I mean, not even Connecticut, what, what does a state have to do to recover from this? Economically economic downturn right right it's, it's interesting we were discussing a bit of this for my Tuesday night class you know my government class because we we were speaking to uh, a couple lawmakers for our class and they are rightfully concerned about what does this mean for the future i think right now many lawmakers are, are recognizing that they can only take like one thing at a time or really like almost every day at a time or even once a week at a time because we don't know how long this is going to go expected um, and, and on, on top of that, uh, how does anybody, let alone a local government or state government recover from, from any of this, right? This is all new territory. Um, and, and quite frankly, it's not like anything of this has been taught before in the classrooms or we've done studies or investigations on something like this in terms of a, of a health issue, uh, at least in modern times. So I, I think that to find ways of recovering, uh, after all this, when it's all over, I wouldn't be surprised if governments, and, and particularly local and state governments, are going to have to be very, not only responsive, but very innovative of saying, okay, we have to find a pathway of recouping our lost um, expenses and revenues, and we have to be very imaginative of how we're going to deal with this, and learn from each other. You know, what has one state, let's say Massachusetts or New York done? that's differently than the other. And I think that uh, the reality is that local government, state government can be more flexible and more um, uh, open to a lot of these changes and approaches than the federal government, if there's any good news. Yeah, certainly. I would agree with that. Um, did, Did you have anything else that you wanted to add or any other sort of analysis that's kind of popped up in your, in your viewpoint over the past couple weeks now? It's only been about, three weeks or so since we've, True. we've been in this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have been very intrigued by just like, you know, the daily occurrences of how, how and why and when government responds to issues like this and future ones, because, um, you know, clearly there's a concern about the timeline of how long this period would be. And then there've been coordinated efforts of, of figuring out ways to explain and express that. I've also been intrigued just even in the last 24 hours, what's going on. Um, you know, with the USS Comfort, you know, with that, with the boat there um, in Manhattan and seeing that now they do want to bring on uh, people who are going through uh, coronavirus on, on the ship where it wasn't the case before. Um, so it's interesting to see how nimble or responsive these levels of government are at, at dealing with these issues. And quite frankly, I think we're going to have to see more of it. Um, and, and it's going to be new territory. A lot of this is just going to be something that goes beyond what has been taught in the classroom or what's been done historically, or what has been done, um, you know, even uh, in, in terms of policy approaches. And so um, we have a lot to learn. 
And I, I think that governments will have to find pathways of, of recognizing this and being open to it. For the latest COVID-19 information, visit CBIA.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there.